Over the last two decades, I've been on a quest to learn everything I can about leadership, obsessed with what makes the best leaders so good. After running companies small and large for the last 20 years, today I speak on stages all across the world to audiences who are interested in that same question. My name's John Laredo, and I'm your host. I invite you to join me on this journey as we explore this topic. What makes the best leaders so good? Welcome to Tomorrow's Leader. All right, welcome to today's episode of Tomorrow's Leader, where we dive deep on all things leader-related, leading yourself, leading other people. I was uh, reflecting recently on a story not too long ago. I was in a GameStop, one of these video game stores with my son, and um, we were looking at two different games like Madden and NBA uh, 2K or whatever and uh, trying to figure out which game to buy. And I remember one of the games had like a $20 mail-in rebate or something like that. So we decided to get that game. I'm figuring, okay, well, that makes financial sense. Get that game, get the mail-in rebate, send that in, get the 20 bucks back. Well, uh, I normally, uh, that type of stuff just I forget about it, never do it, like millions and millions of people. And uh, this time I did, I sent it in and forgot all about it because these things take so long. And I don't know what it was, two months later, I get a letter in the mail saying that uh, I had skipped a step in the process. I did not, I think it was circle some part of the uh, receipt or something like crazy, all for 20 bucks or whatever it was. And, um, it just got me thinking, and what's fascinating is that the mail-in rebate process is, is an ingenious way to entice people to buy things, right? We've, we've all, I'm sure everybody that's listening has at some point bought something because there was a mail-in rebate. And if you're like me, at least once, and if not a majority of the time, you never did anything about it. You never sent in the mail-in rebate, which is exactly what the companies want you to do. Now, some of you may be great at that. I know I read an article about a kid who actually funded his college with mail-in rebates. Unbelievable. But the fact of the matter is there is $500 million. Consumer Reports uh, put an article about this last year, $500 million bucks that goes unused. That is these, these mail-in rebates that nobody ever sends in. $500 million a year. That's unbelievable. And the whole concept is that that is exactly what companies want you to do. They want you to be enticed to make that purchase, that buying decision, based on the fact that, hey, yeah, I've got this rebate, I take possession of this so-called money that I don't really have, and I give myself extra credit or you know unjustified credit for being able to go through the whole process and sure, you know, I know I'm gonna do everything I need to do to get that mail-in rebate. Well, fact of the matter is, those companies understand human behavior, and more times than not, if they structure the process in a way that's difficult or lengthy or too many steps or confusing or whatever the case may be, they know that most people are just not going to do it. So that's the whole concept of the mail-in rebate process. They know they can offer a significant amount and some cars, there's... $5,000, $6,000, $10,000 in, in rebates. But the mail-in rebate process in particular is incredibly successful for that reason. And I want to talk about the fact that we fail in most of the things in our processes that we have, whether it's business or just things that we're trying to do personally, because 
we kind of abide by the whole mail-in rebate process for the way we live our life or the run our businesses. It's okay for a process we don't want somebody to do, but for something that we do want to ourselves do or lead other people through, it can't look like the mail-in rebate process. I work with a lot of clients and have worked uh, with a lot of companies where it's very obvious that there's something in their process that resembles the mail-in rebate process, and it's an undesirable result because ultimately people don't continue down that process. Let me let me give you a few examples. I want you to write something down if unless you're driving, you can't. But uh, real simple formula to getting yourself and other people to go through a process or actually take action on something is it has to be a few easy, clear, quick steps. That's it, right? Just write down that sentence. It has to be a few easy, clear, quick steps. And let's talk about each of those. So few, you know, I've seen processes with with 27 different steps in it which makes no sense. So I've got to look at every process that I have and say, okay, if there's five steps in the process, is it possible for me to shorten it and just do four? Because every time I have a step in the process, it's another decision that I or my customer client has to make or a potential buyer that ultimately may lead them away from the finish line, right? The, the shorter the process or fewer steps, ultimately the higher likelihood that it's going to be accomplished, right? So I know companies where they have interview processes that are 10 steps. And granted, that may be a really thorough way to vet candidates out. And you always talk about the importance of hiring slow and firing fast. That's a slow process to hire people, but sometimes it can be too slow. You may lose great candidates because your process is longer than it needs to be. I know for a fact that's happened for many, many clients, many uh, uh, companies before. So that's the first one, few. Let's talk about the second one, easy. The process needs to be as easy as possible. The whole mail-in rebate process is is not overly challenging, but it's it's difficult enough that somebody has to cut something out or fill out a form and they've got to put it in an envelope, they've got to put a stamp on it, they've got to mail it, they've got to go through those steps. As easy as those are, they know they're hard enough that most people won't do it. And in fact, 40 to 60% of people, let's call it 50% of people don't go through the mail-in rebate process. So your process, if the desired outcome is you want people to do it, it's got to be easy. And I think about if I am if I am selling my services or I'm trying to engage clients with, with, with a service that's basically high, uh, selling myself, I can't expect to spend 15 minutes with someone and then ask them for a $20,000 commitment, let's say, as, as an example unless they've been a referral or they've known me or something like that. That's too big of a jump, right? That's just, that's too big of a leap. Um, and it, and each step has to be not too big, but enough so that it moves them forward to the next step. So figuring out how, how easy or hard that next step is, is really critical. I think of it, you know, when you're at the carnival and you have that bowling ball game where you had to roll the bowling ball and you had to get it just, just, just roll just enough. So it just get over that hump and then it settled into that second dip there, and then it didn't come back. If you rolled it too hard, what happened? The thing like rolled back and you lost the game. If you didn't roll it hard enough, it never even made it over the hump. 
while our process and how we lead ourselves and other people has to be just like that, right? It's just got to be enough to get over that hump to that next step. And then it settles into that next step. And then I do it again and move it to the next step. So again, I want to make my process as easy and painless as possible. I think about getting up in the morning and going to the gym when the gyms get back open again. Uh, I would love nothing more than to be able to be in my bed and just be lying there, open up my eyes and just roll over and slide off my bed somehow onto this slide that takes me like, you know, out my my window and down to the uh, driveway and right into my car, into the driver's seat. And I've got everything there and I'm ready to go. Like, wouldn't that be cool, right? Something that's unbelievably easy. I don't need to do anything other than roll over and now I'm in the car ready to go to the gym. That would make it easier, higher probability that I do it, right? Because it's easy. Um, you know, I think back, I was, um, I don't know if any of you have done uh, box jumps before, but these are one of, uh, these are the, this exercise where you've got to jump onto a platform uh, or a box. It's great exercise. They're not easy to do. And uh, they've got soft, you know, kind of cushy boxes that you can jump onto. Um, I did this uh, a, a while back on these metal boxes. So they were like platforms. And uh, I remember trying it and trying and starting with one that was pretty high. And uh, I just felt like, okay, let me go for it. Let me get, go for it. Got myself all pumped up, motivated, and jumped. And I didn't get up high enough. So my shins like hit the side of this thing on my way down because I couldn't quite get my feet up high enough and uh, like scrape my shins like super painful and, uh, you know, embarrassed. I'm like, I was there with my son. I'm like, okay, he's getting up there. And so I, uh, I tried it again and the same thing happened. And at this point, like I'm, my shins are all bloody and battered up and stuff. It was horrible. And uh, I think I still have the bruises on, uh, on my shins. But bottom line, uh, I, I haven't done box jumps since then, right? It was too big of a jump uh, figuratively uh, for me. Had I started off smaller or something that was a little less painful and worked my way up, maybe that would have led to me being successful at doing these box jumps. I just tried to take too big of a jump. I fell, hurt myself, and then never wanted to do it again. Okay, And that's life. We take too big of a of a leap from one step to another. Sometimes that prevents us from doing something we otherwise would have done. Um, as a leader, we also have to keep in mind when we're leading other people, our discomfort may not be the same as the discomfort or or comfort level of the people that we're leading. I was working with a client earlier today, and we're talking about a, a, a step in a process, and part of that was making a phone call to somebody. And uh, for me, that would have been a really easy call to make, but I asked this person, you know, what's your comfort level with that? And this person was really uncomfortable with that phone call, which was great that I understood that and, and asked the question because otherwise I would have assumed that his comfort level was what mine is. Not the case. And leadership is all about identifying somebody's readiness level for a certain task. And his, his will set um, was, was really low. So his comfort level for doing that was really low, which meant I had to apply a different type of leadership. So, um, but that's the second step. We've got to ultimately make this process and these steps in the process as easy as we possibly can from one to another, to another, to another. 
Uh, the third thing is they have to be clear. This step in the process needs to be clear. How many times have you gone through a sales process, whatever it is, maybe buying something or signing up for something, and it was just too confusing? Like you got halfway through and you're like, I don't even know where I, what I'm doing or where I'm going. Or maybe it was asking for repeated information. You already gave all the information um, and, and it was too frustrating and it wasn't clear. It's like, okay, I got to put this here in this form and then I got to do it again in this form and I'll get it. Uh, this also happens when you have too many choices to make, right? If I've got option one or two or three, it can cause confusion as well in a process. If I reach a step in a process and now I've got to make multiple decisions, that can prevent me from moving forward, or I might just tap out and say, hey, I'm done. Uh, I, I engaged with a, um, a, a business consultant uh, who's, who's well-known and does a lot of these uh, speaking engagements and sells sales programs and all kinds of stuff, uh, and this was a couple of years ago, and I remember buying his program and his online program. And uh, it was like a subscription type of thing, 50 bucks a month or something like that. And I remember it was so difficult to find what I was looking for. Um, there were like three different websites and you had to have different logins on each one of them. And you had to remember which one you went to for which type of resource. And it was just too complicated and too confusing. It wasn't simple. It, and, and this was a sales coach. And I remember I just stopped. I canceled the subscription because it was too confusing. And maybe, maybe it was just me, but I, my guess is no, it, it wasn't. I think I'm a pretty smart guy, but I just, I couldn't, it wasn't simple enough for me to make it through all those steps. And I, I just abandoned the whole process. So it's got to be clear. It's got to be crystal clear. And the last thing, it's got to be fast. You got to move the process along, right? I was working with a uh, client who had a process, a sales process, uh, working with a company that had seven, it was a sales cycle of seven months, seven seven months. That's like two seasons, right? Or three. That's like winter, spring, and summer. I'm now, I'm now like in the two seasons beyond before I begin the process of the sales process and actually have a buying decision. That's unbelievable. Now, every business is different. So sometimes it does take longer and, and it's different uniquenesses with the whole uh, concept of getting somebody ultimately to make a decision with something. But things, if they can take three months and with this uh, organization, we're able to pare it down a bit for sure. Three months, five months is better than seven months. Three months is better than five months. If I can get it down to one month, but most processes need to be fast. If I can do it in a day, that's better than three days. If I can do it in five minutes, that's better than 15 minutes. The faster, the better, ultimately, because that's going to keep the momentum moving. So just some tips to think about your own processes. You're trying to get yourself to do different things, change behaviors. Sometimes you just have it set up for failure. You've got the mail-in rebate process applied to something you actually want to do. You want to drive results. You want to get yourself to do. You want to get other people to do. And you're using a process that's designed, maybe unknowingly, but it's designed the same way a mail-in rebate process is, where you actually don't want people to continue the process. So some food for thought. Hopefully that helps. Thank you for tuning in today, short and sweet. Make sure you sub uh, subscribe. Make sure you like, share, comment, all that kind of good stuff. Have a great one. Thanks, everybody.